0: never before has the need for you to effectively communicate with your clients and your potential clients been quite so as important as it is right now. You need to reassure them. You need to keep them informed, but you also want them to be excited about coming to visit you again and, you know, bring their money with them. But we have to get that message out there effectively and consistently. And that's where PR and communication strategy comes into play. But wait a minute, isn't that just marketing? Well, yes and no but I am not the best person to answer this, but I do know someone who is. Creating the spa, the salon, or the clinic you really want doesn't have to be so hard. Mastering some basic principles, put in place some key strategies, and that'll give your business the strong foundation it needs to build from. Then throw in the right mindset, some proven systems, stretching yourself just a little bit outside of your comfort zone to boost those confidence skills and understanding how to market your business properly and your success becomes inevitable. Problem is, no one ever taught you how to do that. And that's what I'm here for. Welcome to the Beauty Business Podcast, National Spa Week Specials. With over half a million downloads, it's the number one place to learn the skills to maximize your health, beauty, or wellness-based business. My name is Adam Chatterley, I'm your host, and I've been helping spas and salons all over the world to succeed for over 20 years now. And with the help of some hand-picked experts, I'm gonna help transform your business starting today. Welcome to another very special episode of the Beauty Business Podcast. It's day four of National Spa Week already, and all of this week, we're focusing on some essential skills that every beauty business owner, every spa manager, or every spa director should really know, especially in the world that we live in right now, if you're going to keep your business thriving at every single opportunity. Now, as I record this episode, spas and beauty businesses, indeed lots of public facing businesses in England are right at the start of yet another month of enforced closures as we enter lockdown 2.0. And elsewhere in the UK, similar restrictions are in place, as is the case in various parts of Europe and maybe where you are too. But wherever you are in the world... This COVID thing just isn't going away anytime soon. And it continues to have a major effect on our lives and on our businesses every single day. Now, possibly the most frustrating thing about it all is that much of it is out of our control. But the one clear thing, the one overriding thing that we learned from earlier in the year for lockdown number one, is that those businesses and those business owners that worked on their business whilst they were closed, even while they weren't able to work in their businesses, were the ones that came out on top massively when clients were allowed to come back again. So Today's episode, like I said, we're focusing on PR and comms, and that's public relations and communications to you and me. Now, this is a tricky topic because for one, I keep getting muddled up between what's marketing and what's PR and what's comms, not to mention how they all fit and work together. But fortunately, the might and the power of the UK Spar Association means we can gently encourage some experts to come and share their knowledge with you. And I'm very pleased and very proud that we can use this podcast to do so. Now, between you and me, I'm particularly excited about speaking with today's guest because I've been trying to get her on the show for about the past year, ever since I saw her speak at a spa marketing event. Yes, you know, one of those actual in-person events. Remember those? Anyway, I thought the presentation she gave on PR was excellent and it really highlighted what PR is, why it's so important and how the likes of you and me can build it into our business strategies. Now, Petra Clayton is the founder and the CEO of Custard Communications, great name, which she launched in 2007 to work with the hospitality industry specifically. Now, she has over 25 years of experience in hospitality marketing, and she's also the chair of the Hotel Marketing Association and a board member of the Hoteliers Charter. So yeah, I think she's qualified. So sit back and prepare yourself for a masterclass in PR, plus some instantly actionable strategies that you can look at today in your business. You're welcome. But before we dive into my conversation with Petra, I just need to say a huge thank you to today's sponsor for National Spa Week, CryoAction. Love that name. Sounds so cool. Get it? Cool. Cryo. Anyway, CryoAction's range of premium cryotherapy chambers are driving huge revenue opportunities for the wellness sector with up to 92% gross profit on treatments. Hello. Not to mention it's an entirely touchless therapy as well, Cryotherapy uses the power of cold temperatures to naturally trigger the most powerful self-protective and regenerative mechanisms in the human body with tremendous benefits to health and well-being. Now, in celebration of National Spa Week, CryoAction is offering a 10% discount on all orders to listeners of this show so 10% discount and some amazing profits to be had. I imagine you'll want to get in touch with them to find out more, and you can do so by clicking on the links in today's podcast episode description or by clicking the link in the show notes pages for this episode, which you can find at beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash episode 104. So do go and check that out. So now let's move on to the main part of today's episode. Here is the incredible Petra Clayton on PR brands and the importance of imagery in the world we live in today. Okay, so I'd like to welcome to the episode today, Petra Clayton from Custard Communications. Petra, hello. Hello. Welcome. Thank you very much for joining us today. You're very welcome. The topic today is an interesting one, I have to say, because we're very much talking about PR um, and exactly what that is. And before we dive into PR and exactly what that is, can you give us a bit of your background so people know exactly where you've come from and how you've ended up where you are right now?
1: Um, ended up. That's a good choice. <laughs> um, so uh, my background is is really hospitality and marketing always mm-hmm. has been from working at the Wimpy at the age of 16 to working in a travel agent throughout my degree, uh, studying marketing, uh, all my qualifications in marketing. I absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. I set up Custard 13 years ago, actually, this wow. week. Um, wow. Wow.
0: Yeah, thirteen
1: unlucky for some. Thank you. Um, I think I set it up. I set it up in the year of a recession. So um, let's hope we don't end it in the year.
0: I'm sure we won't. No, no,
1: absolutely, we're on track, so it's fine. But um, yeah, so so I, my background has always been hospitality. It's always been marketing. Um, I've worked in the industry. I've trained as a chef i worked at the institute of hospitality director of marketing um and very much see myself and my agency as being fully embedded in hospitality yeah uh, which means we're not really on the periphery we're we're always very involved and um of course more so than ever right now yeah sure really recognize and feel the pain our clients are going through but broader than that is is the whole industry so very heavily involved in the industry and um and absolutely love what i do um, even through the current time um it's it's a real passion of mine to professionalize marketing and pr yeah. and uh, as you say pr is an interesting one particularly right now
0: <laughs> yeah definitely um, so actually we met just over a year ago now, didn't we? We met up at uh, an, a spa marketing event, Funny enough, uh, up at lowwood Bay in the Lake District. And you gave um, you gave an incredible talk when we were up there about, um, well, it was very much focused obviously on PR and how uh, hotels and spas can actually um, embrace that and, and use it more in what they do. So since you've said that your background is in marketing and all those kind of things, can you just define for us where PR fits what's the difference between PR and marketing and where it fits into that whole kind of sphere
1: um oh love to be able to answer that question <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely more fluid than I think when I when I studied marketing we had a whole module on PR and it was um in fact I think Max Clifford was one of the specialist speakers at the time wow. um but it was very much then PR was about reputation and media and it was mm-hmm. about com- I suppose communicating with your target audience, but allowing third parties to do your selling for you, which it's still true today. I think, however, that digital PR has changed the way that PR is categorized. Um, you know, social media really sits under the umbrella of PR, but mm-hmm. now we really refer to it as communication. Right. Um, you know, PR is about positioning, it's about protecting your reputation, um, it's about uh, sharing what you're doing through other channels uh, so you're not blasting maybe the way that you would with advertising. Although right. even that is, is you know, the, the lines are very, very blurred. Sure. You are seeing a lot um, a lot of changes that there are less PR agencies. They are now either digital or really communication agencies, which is what we are. And really to do PR, you need to be able to do marketing. You need to understand Everything that marketing incorporates and the product, the, you know, the four P's, the, the pricing, promotion, uh, the channels, of distribution. So so PR sort of nestles in there, um, but it's very much, I think, particularly now, it's around issues management, about building reputation. You can't do any of that if you don't understand marketing, if you don't understand who your audience is and, and what you're trying to say and, and what it is you do. So um, you're you're right to... Ask the question. I don't have a straight. <laughs> no, I don't have a straight or short answer. Um, but let's let's call it communication. Call it
0: communications. Okay, so so I guess where traditionally uh, the PR now communications would have been very much um, part of that longer thought out strategy and would have been planned more. I guess it's become more of a um, like I said fluid everyday thing because. We're all there all the time on social media, and it's kind of always got
1: to be on that message, right? Yeah, and it, it's you're right, it's it's changing so much and puts a huge amount of pressure on operators and marketing professionals. Because even today, I was reading another article saying, you know, if you can't post anything intelligent on social media, don't bother. And it, <laughs> it, it's just, um, you know, it's a minefield, and we're, we're all trying and we're all learning, and it is really, really difficult. And I think. The, the biggest thing for now is how reactive we've had to be um, yes. with PR and to respond to major issues management, um, which we've never had to do, and that has actually propelled PR into the the limelight again. Mm. It's sort of dwindling, and it has some brand issues around it. You know, it's not. Fluffy, I've, I hate that word. My team are not allowed to use that word. It's you know, it's not just about media visits. There's no champagne. There's no. Um, it, it's not as dazzling as I think. Um, maybe AbFab or even when I was at university studying uh, portrayed it. It's now really serious mm. strategic thinking. Like it, you have to be super clever to be able to deliver messages during a crisis or mm. to change the way somebody feels about your brand. Internally as well as externally, and that's really key. And that is where PR is, uh, has, has definitely risen a little bit from the ashes, um, and has has taken hold of, of reputation and brand positioning, um, all of which still sit, sit under marketing. But yeah,
0: very much. But really it's, it's become so more important over these, these oh, past few months.
1: And you have to be. You do have to be good at it. You have to be an expert at it because you don't realise that. Communication seems really easy to people. They think, oh, well, I just tell the audience this. Mm. Um, the ramifications are huge. We've already seen it with businesses around the way they maybe treat their staff, around obviously the, the redundancies and the processes in place around, you know, health or issues that go on in a property, spa particularly, um, the way you manage that and the way you curate and talk about your brands is is actually really difficult to do. It is a talent.
0: Yeah. And it is hugely important at the moment because, you know, we all know that a, a, a negative review, a negative comment seems to spread a lot further than anything else. And there's been certain businesses outside of our industry, but throughout this whole process, a major, um, uh, a mobile phone company, for one, who kind of shut a lot of their customer service offices just when people needed the most, and you know that's that's not something you're easily going to come back from in terms of reputation. You know, when people needed you most, and you weren't there, and they couldn't communicate with you back, that's that's not something oh. that people are going to forget.
1: It's so true. In fact, my team wrote an article last week because Tesla withdrew all of their their PR, um, and we we really questioned it. In our team, and said, "You yeah, know, what happens to a brand when it withdraws PR and doesn't have that function in the business or that focus on reputation and communication?" Hmm. Um, and we really pulled out. We, we analyzed it because we said, well, "What would that look like?" and "And how would that manifest itself?" And, and "What could go wrong?" And there was a long list of cons. um well, of saying, "You know, you have to be prepared for a crisis." I um mean, and we, we're not. We're not. You know, not in this industry now. I mean, no. Tesla
0: on its own have got Elon Musk. He's gonna, you know, he, he creates his own yeah. crisis. I mean, he does.
1: He does. <laughs> he, he needs to be out. But yeah, I mean, that's, it's an interesting example. But yeah, um, yeah it's uh, it's not an easy, everyday job for anybody. And um, and again, it changes. And as we get new media channels and new communities and groups, and people have a lot more voice, um, your reputation is at a risk daily. We used Usually. to think TripAdvisor was a big challenge. That's,
0: that's easy. That's easy. <laughs> easy days. Easy, easy The good day. old days. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> so, in uh, thinking of the situation right now, uh, and, and spas and hospitality, where where things stand right now, you know, in terms of communications they're putting out there, is it should they be putting the same communications out to everyone, or there have have there become some different segments hmm. of audiences? That should be communicated with, and what are the differences there?
1: There have actually, um, so we're seeing a change, we're seeing a shift, and and I always like to look at the emotional drivers of a person rather than the demographics. You know, what what is it that makes somebody want to to book a spa or to join a, a membership club for for health and fitness, mm-hmm. um, and look at the drivers rather than constantly trying to categorise by demographic. But we are already seeing. A shift in demographic because we know there is a younger generation that are a little bit more maverick um, and in a, in a positive light for some, and are quite keen to socialise and to get back and to get back to that that normal kind of routine of, of doing nice things and having nice experiences. But then we're also seeing a shift in a much older bracket that really have that need, that strong desire to get back to being connected and to being able to communicate and to enjoy. And then we're also seeing a change in how we spend our money. And I think what is really important for this industry is to look at consumer trends in retail, in travel, in everything, because then you will see this changing shift in audience. So you cannot talk to the 75, 80 year olds that is really keen to get their health back because that we know is the number one concern of this Mm -hmm. country at the moment is our health um and they're really keen but they're going to react very differently to a message than somebody that's maybe 22 and really keen to meet up with a friend and and wants to go on spa day or wants to go to nail salon or or you know something else so we have got to really break down that audience and i would really do it by What is the driver of that person? And then bracket it into ages. Obviously, geography, very key. Uh, The distance people will travel at the moment has changed. Staycation market, obviously, in a huge boom. Mm -hmm. We know that where people were maybe an hour to 90 minutes, they're probably going to eat a little bit longer, two to three hours. And we also know people are really driving hard on experiences, but they are still being very budget conscious so that yeah. price sensitivity is really um is very challenging but again that's going to be how you message things so you you've got to break it down and it feels like an awful lot of work but it's an intelligent way to put your communication strategy together is to just divide you could have multiple personas as, as i call them um you could have 20 30 and you just need to mock it to them slightly differently communicate with them differently very difficult on social media of course mm-hmm. um but certainly through media you you can choose your channels very carefully and adapt your message so it's it's relevant otherwise you're not going to see a good return on your investment um, of time or money
0: got it and what um what channels are you sort of seeing you know, success with and and sort of steering people towards at the moment
1: i think um i know it sounds this sounds old-fashioned website um you know get your website in order it's Mm -hmm. critical it needs to be mobile friendly you need a website that's really selling your story lots of video content lots of up-to-date images um if it's if that's not right don't bother looking at other channels because Mm -hmm. that is really critical um you know we don't want to see images of Fifteen people in a hot tub. we the images seeing <laughs> three people in a hot tub. And yeah, of course. You know, it, it, we always moan. I know we, we always moan as marketers about images, and um, and it is hard because this it, is costly. It's an investment, but it's mm. a worthwhile investment right now. And then I think the other channels, mobile, not so much. We're not seeing as much take up on mobile. Ecoms, however, you know the the newsletters, updates talking about what you're doing that's definitely getting some really solid traction yeah. and then the media titles you know people we are online a lot more than we were um pretty much yeah. and so the online community is following influences you know the fitness influences the, the skincare influences that's definitely increased so there is some investment to do in building those relationships as well as the digital platforms for the media so we're not going out and buying a lot of that print at the moment mm. we're also very sustainable you know looking at sustainability yeah of course. um so digital platforms are really key but we are we're jumping around those <laughs> platforms now um we are we're a nightmare as all over the humor. place we are all <laughs> over the place we and we are so fickle. um so yeah it's, it's it's across the board but website first definitely yeah.
0: so you've touched on a couple there but um you know, in terms of the, the clients that you work with and, and some common things that you've sort of advised people to do and, and seen changes in over the past mm-hmm. few months, what are what are a few practical things that a spa manager, a salon owner, someone like that could, could go away and look at and, and put in place maybe today or over the next few days?
1: I think if they've got access to the website, then just to do that quick audit of the website to make sure that the words, the images aren't talking about crowds or buzz or, you know, multiple people it's it's words like that that really could be a barrier to a booking um i think also just that building of confidence i can't recommend enough that a, a quick video on your iphone to just do a quick show round and say look at all the things we've got in place anything that explains to the customer um or the guest this is what your experience will be like on arrival. We're all very nervous. We hate the unknown. We like to go somewhere with confidence. Um, so anything that explains that and gets that communication across. Also, by looking at the trends and understanding what's developing and looking at your own bookings, you know, be very, very clear about what you're offering. What is the day gonna be like if this is spa day? What's the treatment going to be like? Um, look and focus on the treatments that have that low touch point. You know, we know that massages are, are, are much higher. The facials, there's still some concern around. Mm-hmm. Uh, really promote the expertise. So we don't, we really don't do this enough as an industry. And we, we do, this is the biggest piece of advice we say to our clients. You're, you're selling, you know, your people. They yeah. are, on, and if you have that expert spa manager that is welcoming and on a video or on photos or on social media and just says, look, this is what happens when you come here. This is how we'll look after you. Uh, this is what we've put in place. This is what's closed, because I think that's so critical as well. Yep. What we don't want are lots and lots of unhappy guests, which are then going to obviously lead to, you know, those, are, those, those reviews. reviews. <laughs> um, and then we go back around and we'll be <laughs> back in crisis management. So um, we need to just make sure that we're managing expectation. But above all, we can still inspire. So still be creative. Yeah. You know, go back to the drawing board and say, "Okay, what can we do? Can we sell this skincare online? Can we do online consultations? Yes. Can we get um, a great influencer in and just follow him or her around the spa and, and talk to us? Can we talk to the fitness manager about how to, you know how to manage when you're in the gym? Can we have online fitness tips? Just it doesn't always have to be that." trying to get somebody through your door. Of of course, that's the ultimate aim, but this Mm -hmm. is just about communicating to people to say, please trust us. We know what we're doing. And that is your main aim with PR right now is build confidence in the consumer.
0: Love it. That's absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much, Petra. What's actually, before we disappear, what's... Have you got any kind of final thoughts for people? Any Anything to leave people with that we haven't necessarily touched on today? Uh,
1: yes, definitely. So Excellent. I would say, <laughs> I always have final thoughts. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I would say, understand who your audience is and don't be afraid that your product might need to change to adapt to that new audience. So it may feel that this is your brand, this is what you've always done, um, and this is how you want to get you know your customers in. Don't be afraid to try something new and say, actually, maybe that's not our audience anymore, or it, it's many audiences. So really understand the audience and build those personas and have a think about the drivers. I think definitely it, this is about building confidence, but don't neglect the internal audience. You know, your right. staff are critical and PR and marketing and communication is, is such an important part of talking to them, communicating with them, making them feel safe, making them understand why you're making the decisions that you're making, Uh, talking to them about your plans, getting creative thoughts together and getting input from the team, that is really key. The other, which we, we haven't touched on, but it's a really important part right now, is utilising and optimising loyalty. So we know that if somebody comes to your spa and they feel really confident and they feel relaxed, rejuvenated, all these key drivers that we're looking for right now, and they feel that the treatment was safe, they feel that the space was safe, that the food was healthy and nutritious. And then they will come back because they will want that. We cra- We are craving that health and wellness and that reward. They're not going to go anywhere else because they're going to say, wow, I was quite nervous. I was really concerned about doing this. I've invested money to do it and I really enjoyed it. Why would you go and try somewhere else? So capitalise on the fact that when people have a really good experience, gone are the days where we go, oh, we've done that now, we're going yep. somewhere else. This consumer will come back, and you have an opportunity now to create a wealth of engagement with people that will come back again and again. Plus, they're going to tell everybody else about it. So this is proper marketing. This was marketing in the in the nineties. Um, loyalty was my my pet sub. You, know, I loved it. It was it was a real focus for me, and I'm delighted it's coming back. Um, and it's what we should all be using because we all know that keeping a customer is much more cost effective than having to go and get new customers so focus on your loyalty if you don't know how to do that there are lots of people that will know how to do it but it's just common sense communicate with your existing audience um, and make sure that you give them something to come back and it does not mean reducing prices I cannot be clearer about that. Don't dilute <laughs> the brand with massive price drops or freebies or just, you know, safe, secure, indulgent, enjoyable, relaxing, and look after people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't couldn't agree with you more there. And you're absolutely right. I mean, obviously it's not good that we're seeing lower numbers of people coming in, but the positive side of that is you can offer that more personal service even after they've been in. So so if you're on the ball and you notice well that person had a fantastic visit, let's just keep in touch with them and keep them coming back you know that's what we can actually do when we're dealing with fewer numbers
1: oh it is so true and it is more manageable and um it is a totally different experience and you know we've we've also got to remember that people are coming back to the spas and and it's they're seeing and going well this is not how it normally is and yeah it might be better um and you know maybe that there's not parties or birthday <laughs> parties or things going on and they're saying actually I, I feel really relaxed or they're going to try something new they're going to do something a bit different when they come so that attention to hospitality which we've all been craving as, as a hospitality industry we're desperate to provide enjoyment and service to to guests so you now have the opportunity to do that and staff have the opportunity to retrain and upsell and um, and to just take notice of what the customer wants because That's what marketing is about, is satisfying the need of a customer.
0: Amazing. Petra, thank you so much. If people want to find out more about you and Custard Communications, where's the best place for them to go?
1: Our lovely website, which is (laughs) uh, www.custardcommunications.com. It's a work in progress. So don't, uh, what does it say to it? Don't preach or don't practice what you preach, practice what you preach, whatever it is. Um, I think all
0: websites are all work in progress these days.
1: Your marketing agency your website's <laughs> and, you do that. and it is full of insights and guides so we write a lot of guides and we do a lot of workshops and they're all free for the industry Amazing. um so you can you can find lots of information on there and then also following us on any of the social media channels um either myself clever custard or the main channel which is custard comms but we we post every day we also do a weekly bulletin for those that subscribe um, which has highlights of marketing. It's all marketing content, things that you can Fantastic. be doing. So um, always very happy to, to give away as much information as we can. to, to get That's, to that's what we
0: need a lot of inspiration these days. Mm-hmm. As
1: well. Very well,
0: true. We'll put all those links and everything in the show notes for this episode so everyone can find those. Petra, thank you so much for, for sharing your time and your expertise um, and your enthusiasm with us today.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much for having me.
0: Be to you soon. A consummate professional, huge thanks to Petra for joining me on the show today and sharing her expertise. I challenge you not to have taken something away from that discussion. Now, what are you going to do to take action on it? Now the uk Spa association not only creates amazing events like national spa week every single year to help the industry itself grow but they fight for the industry as well throughout the uk and that's something that has become just so incredibly important over the course of this year even more than it's ever been before now i know that right now as this episode goes out a lot of the uk a lot of parts of europe possibly other areas in the world are currently under some form of enforced closure and you're not able to see your clients But I can hand on heart say that if it wasn't for the continued assistance that we've been giving to government and the pressure that we've been able to apply here in the UK, then spas and beauty businesses would not have been able to open for business when they did, and they would not be quite so much on the radar for the help and the support particularly the financial support as they are right now either. And it's not just in the UK either. The work we've done here has significantly helped influence decisions in other parts of the world as well. Now the UK Spa Association will, of course, support and fight for you, for your business and for your team as well, but we need your help. We need your support too. And there's no doubt that together we are far, far stronger. So if you are based in the UK and you're not already a member of the UK Spa Association, then please do go to www.spa-uk.org and either sign up today as a member or register your interest and we'll send you out some information. Now, the website is also where you can find out more supporting information about today's topic of PR and comms, as well as more information about what's coming over the rest of this week. Now, on that note, tomorrow, here on this podcast, we are going to do the impossible. We're going to take a subject that's not necessarily known for its party credentials and we're going to show you its fun side and just why it should be seen as the essential part of your business that it is. Yes, tomorrow we're talking health and safety, but trust me, you've never heard it explained like this before. Now we have found someone very special to speak to you about this topic, to make it accessible and like I say, bring out health and safety's fun side. So make sure you join me for that one. And if you don't want to miss out on any of the podcast episodes this week, no problem. In whatever podcast app you are listening to me on right now, just click the subscribe button and you'll not only get a notification as soon as the next episode is released, but you can even go back and check out all of the other episodes that have come before and after this one. Now that's it from me for now. I will see you again tomorrow here on the Beauty Business Podcast.